Hello, friends, and thank you so much for being here to my friends at Westside and anybody who will experience this message online or on our podcast. My name is Adam, and it's my joy to be the senior pastor at First United Methodist Church, and I want to thank you uh, for being in worship today. I got a buddy who lives or has some property in Dittmer, Missouri, and he took me out there to shoot one time, and he showed me this stuff called Tannerite. Have you heard of this stuff? Tannerite is the brand name of a shooting target that's composed of a binary explosive. I want to make sure I get this right. You mix an oxidizer with a catalyst that creates a chemical reaction when ignited by an object at a high speed. Now, if all this sounds too technical for you, then check this out. Mixing Tannerite is easy too. Combine the two ingredients in the mixing container and shake until the color is uniform and then pour the mixed product back into the original container. Set the container at a safe distance and get ready for some action. Get ready for some action. When ammonium nitrate is coated with aluminum powder and ignited by a bullet, it creates an explosive reaction. Now you gotta be careful where you set the stuff off. In 2017, an individual was uh, shooting one of these for a gender reveal party. I didn't hear if it was uh, blue or pink, but it set off some nearby brush. It ignited a 46,000 acre fire in Arizona, and it did damages to the tune of $8 million. In the book of James, we read this. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Words are powerful and, and, and uh, they can be a spark that destroys, especially when they're spoken in hasty reaction. I was in college and, and attended an event that was held over lunch and it was in our big lecture hall. And I don't remember exactly what, what we were there for. It was some type of debate or, or some special speaker. So it was quiet and everybody was trying to listen to the speaker. When somebody behind me starts chowing down on their chips. Now you need to know something about me. Food is a major trigger for me. Like food noises. And, and, and it was just driving me nuts. I mean, I felt like they were eating in slow motion. Right, you could kind of hear the crinkle of the bag. And then I felt like I could hear their fingers fumbling around in their bag of chips and like grasping individual ones. And then, and then of course, when they lifted them to their mouth and I heard the seismic sound of their chompers, <laughs> their molars mashing these chips. Oh, it drove me nuts until I couldn't take it anymore. And I wheeled around and, and just blurted out, dude, you gotta go eat those somewhere else. And it was then I realized I was addressing the chair of our math department. <laughs> so that went great. That was a bad reaction on my part. Now, I can't be the only one who has regretted something I said or tweeted or texted or emailed, right? Social media, I think, is, is kind of fueling our society's trend towards being increasingly reactive. You know, when you get on YouTube comments or comments on any website, when you, when you go online, you can see people's toxic reactions to the topic of the day or really by the hour or, or even the topic of the minute. So what I hope we'll discover today is that listening helps us 
respond instead of react. In this series, Magic Words, we're looking at little words that can make a big difference in our lives. How could life change if we changed our language? And, and, and our aim with this series is to be super practical, right? We want you to be able to, to do something with this on Monday, wherever you find yourself. And this practical series fits with the book of James, which is a very practical book. James is found in the second half of the Bible, which is called the New Testament. And, and traditionally, the author of James is viewed as being James, the brother of Jesus. And, and that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. And, and the Bible tells us that at certain points in Jesus' life, especially early on in his ministry, his family didn't think he was who he said he was. They, they, they wanted to have him committed. They thought there was something wrong with him. And so when we read the letter, it's from the perspective of someone who may not have always believed that Jesus was who he was, even though they were very close to him. So we read a verse, uh, excuse me, we read a verse earlier from James chapter 3, but we're going to be spending most of our time this morning in James chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. This is what we read. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So it's the second week of football season, so we're going to break this thing down like some game film. James tells his community of believers, and not just some of them, everyone, that they should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It, it brings me some amount of peace to know that, that sort of outrageous or, or angry bursts of language is not a new problem, right? This letter is almost 2,000 years old, and so at least it's not just me. How can we be quick to listen? Now, please know, I understand the irony of me talking to you about listening. Trying to create a sermon where I'm talking to you about the subject of listening is, is an interesting exercise. But I wonder if you have the same tendency I do. And Stephen Covey put it this way. He said, most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. woo I think that's true. My wife is a much better listener than I am. Now, that might be because I talk more. Right? Funny how those go together sometimes. But we've both taken a personality profile called Strengths Finder, and communication is one of 34 possible strengths. It's ranked number four for me, four out of 34. Communication for my wife is 34 out of 34. So in our relationship, we've had to do a lot of learning together. So when we talk about something, like I'm ready to go and I'm forming like a queue of other things to say even as she's responding first while she's talking. Now that's not listening, that's just waiting to talk, right? So, and so to truly listen, we need to listen to understand, not just to reply. James also encourages us that we should be slow to speak. Again, not a high skill for a lot of people, myself included, especially when tensions are high, right? Maybe it's an intense discussion at work or, or at your home or, or, or with a friend, anywhere. Uh, 
talking to a, Ra- a Raiders fan. I don't know. Uh, there's a solution to our insatiable desire to speak up. That solution is to ask a question. Jesus asked great questions 29 different times in the Bible. He responds to someone's question with a question. Being slow to speak by asking a question helps us not just listen to reply, but it places the emphasis back on listening. Asking a question allows us to gain clarification, and it may be a tool to help us cool off if we feel a volatile reaction coming on. Listening helps us respond instead of react. Finally, James' instructions are to be slow to become angry. When we don't ask questions, we rush to judgment. We make assumptions about what the other person is saying or or about their motivations, and we can cause a lot of harm. Now, this isn't to say that nothing should make us angry. There's lots of things um, that are unjust in our world that are worth being angry about. But but the word in Greek uh, can also be translated, and other Bible translations do this, into wrath. And and, and wrath has, has a much more intentional ring to it. That we should, be sl- we should be slow to be consumed by wrath, like vengeance, retribution. These are not things that should mark the life of a Christian. Right? A lot of our anger gets misplaced, especially when we're expressing it behind a keyboard. So how do we keep from turning into this guy? <laughs> right? Here's a simple process that, that I learned from author Todd Bolsinger. And it's kind of progressing through the three O's. So somebody says something that makes you angry and your first thought is, oh no, oh no, they didn't. And and we'd probably insert some other words into this phrase if if this wasn't a sermon, right? So first we think, oh no. And then we kind of think, oh oh, come on, right? And that's where we get defensive. After our gut reaction of, oh no, they did not, we kind of get defensive and we think, oh come on, (laughs) come on. And then hopefully quickly we can progress to, oh well. Right, so, so usually if, if we just take a, take a moment and count to 10, take 10 moments, we can progress through those three O's fairly quickly. And this is how you don't let your reaction get the best of you. In James we read that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Our anger is not a good witness. When Christians react with anger, it goes against God's purposes for our lives. You know, Jesus said, by this, all men will know you are my disciples. When you're angry with yourselves and with the world. No, that's not what he said. That's not how it goes, right? He said, by this, the world will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Revenge fueled by anger has no place in the Christian life. And that's reinforced by verse 21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Now, we translate get rid of into those English words, but the word has an interesting sense in Greek. And that was the language the New Testament was written in. And so the Greek word here that we translate get rid of is apuomenoi. 
And that's conveying the idea of actually discarding a dirty garment to get rid of, of, of dirty clothes. So the moral filth of wrath should be gotten rid of like a soiled shirt. And in its place, according to James, the alternative is the word planted in you. Now, what does he mean by this? What is the word planted in us? What's James referring to? Is that the word as in like the Bible? Well, when James wrote this, it wasn't yet part of the Bible. He was just writing it. That didn't come along for a long time, the Bible in the form that we have it currently. So this may sound a little tricky, but to better grasp the meaning here, we need to talk about the word that James uses for the word. And that word in Greek is logon, which in this context means the message of what has been preached about the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. That's the word he's referring to, the message, the good news of Jesus Christ. Get rid of these filthy, evil patterns like you would some old, dirty clothes, and instead, let the good news of Jesus sink in deeply in its place. James has clearly been addressing a community where, where there's lots of careless talk and, and angry conversation taking place with precious little listening. And maybe not much has changed in 2,000 years since. And it also comes back around to listening. Right? His, his very direct and very practical encouragement comes back to listening. Because it's hard to let the word of God be planted in you if you don't listen to the message. I spent a long time, uh, about 10 years, working in a church in St. Louis. It's a fantastic place. And I was mentored by Pastor Michael McIntyre, who's, who's currently at Wesley United Methodist Church in Springfield. And over 10 years, there was only two times that I kind of got called into the office because I really messed up. Uh, and, and, and both of them were when I popped off and sent some spicy emails. Right? The first one was about a decision being made and I, ma I made some not so veiled threats and kind of did like a my way or the highway type deal. That didn't go great. Uh, the second was when we had worked with a local community college that was opening up to set up a booth to welcome students. And like the night before, they were changing a bunch of stuff around and it looked like for a little while we wouldn't even be able to, to do that. And so I fired off an email to some of the administrators and I think I said something along the lines of, we all know these students don't even wanna be here anyway, they'd rather be at Mizzou. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was terrible, it was not good. Right? I acted like anger from inside out and uh, didn't go well for me. The journey of my 20s and 30s has been learning to respond instead of react. Now, I'm not saying I'm ar I've arrived, but it's taken a lot of my adult life to learn the value of listening. One of the first things that I've spent time on here at our church is to attend listening sessions. These are, these are sessions the church set up for me to begin to meet people, to, to be in people's homes, and to learn about our church. So we had around 200 folks attend across 20 different listening sessions from July to September. It was a healthy thing for the new guy who loves to talk to show up and listen. 
I had a series of different questions I asked every session, and it was really difficult to resist the urge to reply or sort of editorialize or weigh in when, when people were responding. And I had to remind myself, these aren't called Adam Talks the Whole Time sessions, they're called listening sessions. It was during these sessions I learned the power of a question. Can you tell me more? Can you tell me more? These magic words can help us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. When we ask, can you tell me more? We're asking the person to continue speaking and we're signaling that we wanna continue to listen to their response. When we ask, can you tell me more? It satisfies our desire to say something, anything. And when we ask, can you tell me more? It gives us more time to move from a volatile reaction to a more measured response. These magic words help us listen and listening helps us respond instead of react. So many times when we have conversations with people, we make assumptions about what they're saying or what their motivations are. Asking a question helps us dispel these assumptions and it might save us from becoming angry. Asking, can you tell me more? It opens up opportunity for more dialogue and increased understanding. When we ask a question, we aren't just providing more chances for us to listen. We indicate that we're, we're invested, we're showing an interest in the other person. Author and pastor Henry Nouwen said this, listening is much more than allowing another to talk while waiting for a chance to respond. The beauty of listening is that those who are listened to start feeling accepted, start taking their words more seriously and discovering their own true selves. Listening is a form of spiritual hospitality by which you invite strangers to be friends. What's at stake with these magic words isn't just our stress level, it's our witness. Jesus said that we would be known by the way we love the world. Christians should be known by our love, not our anger. And listening helps us respond instead of react. I hope this week you can incorporate these magic words into your conversations. Can you tell me more? When you do, you'll be amazed at how much you learn and how much pain you can avoid. So let's leave this place being ready to respond instead of react to choose to listen, not so that we can be po just polite, but that we can show the world what it means to listen and love like Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the encouragement from the book of James and the reminder that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. God, stir up within us a curiosity about those that we have conversations week, this week and every week. Help us not just to be constantly, pridefully thinking about our own speech, but to receive and understand the speech of others. Help us to have a calm and anxious free presence as our witness to your love. And may our words reflect, reflect 
the kindness and grace and forgiveness that have been shown to us so that we can show the same to others. And everybody said, amen.